Y'all, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. Hello, my name is Gerald McGee, clinical therapist and social worker of Everyday People, Individual and Family Counseling Center, located in the Shore Cultural Center, the big red building in the middle. And I'm so excited to be here with you today for another rendition of Therapy is Life, thinking, feeling, and experiencing well-being. Today, we want to talk about emotions, all oh, those emotions. But before we go too far into this discussion, I like to give you my attitude of gratitude for the day or action to say the attitude of gratitude today, be self-aware. We're going to be talking emotions. This is an important part of who we are. We need to understand our emotions and we are self-aware who we are and the things that trigger us. We can have more power to regulate our emotions and actions so we can have a well-adjusted life experience. Now, moving on to emotions. Those are some very powerful things. They can fire us up. They can calm us down. Or somewhere in between, they can make us explore or be closed a little bit. They can make us feel like we want to be open, motivate us towards our greatest accomplishments or bind us down due to our fears. For some, emotions will inspire victory and for others, they will live in loss. Whatever we are, whatever we will become, our emotions will always be a part of it. I remember as a child, hearing a story about a man who got caught up in his emotions. In the story, I hear that he was afraid of not getting something and he thought that he was going to die. And in his fear, in this case, false evidence appearing real, he decided that he would go to his brother, beg of his brother, and his brother took advantage of it. People take advantage of us oftentimes when we're afraid. So he bargained with him because the brother thought he was going to die. The other brother was able to take away so much of the things that was important to him. Many of us, we get caught up in our emotions. We get caught up in our feelings. And in doing so, we lose opportunity and experiences because we don't take time to stop and think about what we are experiencing. With this being said, I'm not saying that emotions are bad or good because I really believe that all emotions are good, but how we experience emotions, how we understand emotions is so important. We must understand because they dominate so much of what we are and what we will become. When I try to define emotions, I oftentimes think of it as 
a feeling that we have as a result of something that we are experiencing in our environment, some exposure that we have that leads us to have some feeling in our bodies or some sensation in our bodies. And we try to interpret that and understand what is good and what may be bad. Emotions help us understand things. They give color to the world. They help us interpret what's going on around us. I remember being a kid, and I don't know if any of you have ever done this when you was a child. You touched a hot stove and you felt that, oh no, whoo, don't ever do this again. I know I learned the hard way, but I think my parents had always told me never put my hand up on the stove. But I did get burned, but I felt it. It was a feeling and it helped me understand that I should never touch the stove. But on the other hand, once I had some ice cream, I felt so good. I wanted some more of that. So feelings, they help us understand and interpret the world. They give life color and meaning, and they inspire us towards things we might want to become, things we might want to stay away from, but feelings are powerful. Feelings are not logical or would say illogical. Their emotions are what they are. They're states that help us understand our experiences, whether it be something good or something bad or something in between. When you think of music, when you think of art, when you think of sports, when you think of anything in life, emotions on some level is playing a role in it. And in fact, right now, we sitting here having this conversation, our emotions is playing a very serious role. Because my delivery, the way I relate with you, the person that's listening to this, is being influenced, not just by my intellectual understanding of mental health issues, it's also being influenced about around what I feel. And what you feel when you hear me speak these words, emotions, emotions, and emotions. So look, in order to really begin to understand emotions, I think it's important that we as individuals understand the foundations or where emotions start at. Understand emotions are regulated in the limbic system of the brain. It is like the sensor of the brain. This part of the brain records all of our emotions. We don't remember things and emotions in the same place. It's like when we have a bad experience, the emotion that we experience doing that bad thing is recorded in the limbic system of the brain. So if I ever been bit by a snake, then the emotion related to snakes will be in the limbic system. And so when I see a snake again, I will be triggered to feel that emotion. But check this out. If I see something that looks like a snake, I will be triggered to have that emotion because the limbic system 
helps us understand, helps protect us, helps us move through life. So it records the emotions that we feel as a way to protect us from potential harms. So oftentimes when people have mental health issues such as anxiety, PTSD, if they've been physically abused, sexually abused, if they have OCD or personality disorder, their brain has stored in the limbic system these emotional states. And when they experience things in their life that looks like that event, then it triggers the same feeling or emotion. We can also experience more constructive emotions, feelings, when we look forward to something positive happening in our life. Often I tell couples, look, if you want to help improve your relationship, have something to look forward to. Have something positive that you want to experience. So it will help you have a more constructive attitude and perspective towards your relationship. When you don't have anything to look forward to, then sometimes it makes things a little bit more dry, just to keep it real. So we help change the mood by creating an atmosphere where there's more positive experiences. Yes, I wanna say yes. We can train our brain and regulate our emotions better when we understand them, but it's such a powerful part of who we are that can be difficult. But as a therapist, I believe that we can work. So when we see those things that might trigger us emotionally, that we won't get so caught up in those things that we will lose our self-control. So when we think about emotions, there are, I believe, six primary emotions, and there might be some debate about what they are, but these are definitely part of the six. Happiness, sadness, anger, fear, disgust, and shock. I want to talk a little bit about these emotions because I think they're so important. The first thing I want to emphasize is there is no negative emotion. There is no negative emotion. Sometimes we'll use that language like emotions can be negative, but I want to emphasize all emotions serve a purpose. They help us move through life. They help us regulate ourselves and understand the world around us. And without them, then we would probably have not survived as a species or any other species if they didn't have the ability to have all these various different emotions. So oftentimes we, we want to think about being happy and what happy is. And happy is a very interesting emotion because it is oftentimes looked at in very different ways amongst people. And if you ask people what makes them happy, they will oftentimes tell you things, especially in the Western world, that if I have a certain relationship, if I have a certain house or a car or have certain experiences, I will be happy. There are a lot of people who have all those experiences and they're not necessarily happy. So maybe happiness and things is overrated. Perhaps I don't want to sell it out because somebody's probably listening to this and saying, no, 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 because I am happy and you may be. And I'm not saying that, but maybe we should think about happiness in a sense that it is the absence of sadness, fear, or anger. So happiness is more of a reflection of the absence of things in your life that might be negative than it is things 
which I think that definition is more inclusive of all types of people who have all types of different experiences, because if they don't have much fear, they don't have much anger, they don't have much sadness, they sound pretty content, which might suggest they will be pretty happy. Sadness, on the other hand, is that emotion that most of us probably want to avoid. You know, sadness, when I think about it, it's like a transient emotion that occurs because something in our life has happened that really has emotionally hurt us. And so we feel sad and we need to work through something. I like to say that sadness is a transient emotion because it helps us process and work through what we have experienced. Sadness, we might think about it often when we have grief. Sadness, we might think about it oftentimes when we lose a loved one or we have a breakup. Sadness, if we lose a job or some unfortunate thing happens in our life that we we wasn't prepared for, it will create sadness. Many times we avoid dealing with sad feelings. And by doing that, we really don't deal with the issue at hand. So that's why when people lose loved ones, it's important that they deal with their grief, go through the grieving process. It's not weakness to work through your feelings related to grief. When people have breakups, man, sadness will be what they feel. And it's natural. You've been around this person. You've connected with this person. You've had these bonds. And so you're going to feel sad. And sometimes we want to avoid these feelings. But the reality of it is, it's a transient emotion, which is allowing you to work through what your experience was so you can be better prepared for your future. So it's necessary sometimes to allow yourself to engage and understand your sadness because in the long run sadness will lead you to living a more fulfilled life then we move on to anger anger is a very powerful emotion and i refuse to make anger like this evil villain that nobody supposed to experience I remember somebody telling me one time, Gerald, you shouldn't show any anger. I'm like, what? You shouldn't show any anger? What do you mean? Maybe they was trying to say aggression. And I did get a little loud and I expressed myself and I had a strong tone. But he said anger. See, anger and aggression is two different things. And what we have to realize is that Anger can motivate us, can move us towards changing things that we don't like. I remember being a teenage boy and becoming very conscientious about things that were going on in the world that I didn't like and becoming aware I was motivated to do better in school and saying to myself that I wanted to be a person who can influence the lives of others. I didn't know at that time I would become a therapist, but anger was one of the things that motivated me to become a better student. Oh, you didn't know? Anger doesn't make us all want to run to the streets or to, to guns or whatever those things are. Sometimes anger motivates us towards constructive attitudes and behaviors. Anger also gives us the ability sometimes to fight and 
protect ourselves because we need it in order to avoid some form of danger. Let me say it like this. Anger is a secondary emotion, which means oftentimes when we experience anger, we experience it because anger, frustration, disappointment, hurt, loneliness, pain, suffering is all underneath. Think about it like a volcano. The volcano is called Anger Mountain. And underneath, there's all these different emotions just boiling. When those emotions don't get addressed, they then become anger. And then when we feel anger, then there's at some point this aggressive explosion, which leads us to having outbursts. So we have to be able to deal with our neglect or our anxiety or our frustration or our loss. Many times when people will come in my office for therapy and they'll say they have anger problems, I'll be trying to figure out what is the underpinning, what emotions or what group of emotions they are experiencing so we can address those. Because just maybe if they understand that they're lonely or hurt in some way and they deal with that, the anger problem will go away. Fear. Fear is a powerful emotion. And you know what? That's another emotion that just gets so misunderstood. It's we think about fear as this really bad thing, like we should never have any fear. And when I think to that, I oftentimes come to this conclusion that when people have, number one, been in an environment where they've been taught they should never have any fear, they assume that having fear is a bad thing. Or if people have been traumatized or they lived in environments where they lived in intense or chronic fear, then the idea of having to live with any kind of fear is a bad thing. So if you say, like I said many times, there was sometimes I had some fear of my mother or somebody might look at me and say, are you crazy? But my mom never really did anything to harm me or like that. So I was just afraid that if I didn't get my room clean or if I didn't take care of my chores or do my schoolwork, I might, ha might have to hear her fuss a little bit. So when I talk about fear in that context, I'm not thinking about it in such a serious way. But if somebody got beat up every day or they got thrown around every day or they was physically and emotionally abused every day and they lived it with intense fear, the idea of fear seems like this very bad thing. I want to say right now, when somebody lives with anger, fear, sadness a lot, we know that those things contribute to increased health risk. And we have to be aware that we can't always live in fear, anger, or sadness, because in the long run, they will have significant impact on our health, physically and mentally. Of course, disgust. You don't want to live with a whole lot of that either. Shock, we don't want to experience a whole lot of that. But oftentimes when we first hear about a loss or some change in our life, we might feel numb. We might not be able to move. We might feel our heart beat picking up and might think like we're having somewhat of a panic attack. And sometimes our body's just trying to process what has just happened. We shut down. And shock may help us do that, but to experience it too much could be life-threatening. So we have to be very aware and conscious. 
I tell a lot of people when they feel they're becoming too worked up, step back, take a breath, and you will be okay. So emotions are such an important part of our life. They help us do the things that we want to do. They also can be, if not regulated, can lead us to very destructive behaviors. Emotions in everything. When I think about emotions, I oftentimes think about music because it's emotions in everything. When Imagine Dragons said, hey, pain, you make me a believer. They was talking about emotions. When Kendrick Lamar said, all my life I had to fight, I felt like he was speaking to anger. When Bar Marley talked about love, I felt like he was resonating with me and with all of us around the idea of what it meant to be loved. So it's in everything that we experience. And another thing I want to emphasize before I close out is that we don't experience emotions in isolation. We typically experience emotions in combinations. So when you think about emotions, I think about graduating from high school or college. I just wasn't happy, but I was happy, I was anxious, and I was sad. A feeling like love, there might be a strong sense of passion, but also a sense of security that comes along with it to create love. So I want you to think about the different combinations of emotions, because as we become more aware of emotions, we realize that we can experience emotions in many different ways. And in fact, I think scientifically speaking, in all the studies that have been done, there's about 300 different ways we can experience emotions. So it can make it very complex in understanding emotions. But what we have to learn how to do is step back and try to understand what we're feeling so we can better use our emotional state in our lives. So in trying to understand emotions, first, of course, trying to understand of your emotions, then you must also be aware of triggers to your emotions. So if people trigger you to feel anger or feel happiness, you need to be aware of that or frustrated. Or if there are things or places, you need to be aware of those things. One of the first questions I ask people about feeling anger, what triggers you, what situations or circumstances, try to understand what those things are. Then, of course, developing constructive coping strategies. Get organized. Being organized can help reduce a lot of our anxiety. Getting sleep, exercise, eating healthy, being around more constructive people. I always want to emphasize this. Accept what you can control and know what you can't control. That's one of the, I think, foundation components of CBT and any good therapy is to learn what you have control of and what you don't. Because when you do that, it helps you regulate your emotions so much better. And that moves us to having realistic expectations about self and others. Last but not least, develop a good support system. And don't be afraid to deal with what you feel. Talk about your feelings and emotions. I do these podcasts not because I want people to come to my office. What I do them for is to help prevent people's needs to come into a counselor office. But I'm not saying that you shouldn't come. But don't be afraid to get support. Talk to someone. 
you have a friend, family member, talk to them. If it gets too serious, come and see a therapist. But a lot of times the reason why people end up in a therapist's office is because they haven't developed the coping strategies, which are simple things like your day-to-day habits, your support system, being able to talk to them and allowing them to support you through difficult things. Some of us feel like we have to handle everything. We have to be strong. But in life, that's not always the case. So don't be afraid of having a good support system. So I hope you've enjoyed this discussion around emotions. On our next discussion, we'll be starting our discussion around grief. Stay tuned for the next episode.